What's up, everybody, to another episode of Picks and Pucks. This is episode three of some hockey talk. I did not get to an episode last week. That would have uh, most likely been like a music podcast, of course. Um, but yeah, just not really feeling it last week. I had a lot of Star Wars to watch and, uh, you know, of course, a lot of that, that kind of stuff. So uh, definitely we'll do a music one next week. But to keep up with every other week kind of structure i got this week will be a hockey podcast and holy shit guys we got a trade we got a trade here in arizona and wow i so to start wow i just my voice is cracked anyway uh to start with this you know usually i've done um like the standings and some news first but now, let's get into Coyotes talk right away, because this is just too damn exciting. Taylor Hall is like an Arizona Coyote. Taylor fucking Hall is an Arizona Coyote. So it's Phil Kessel. What? <laughs> like, two years ago, never, I never would have thought that that this would be something that, that would happen for the Coyotes. We, I mean, we, for us who's followed the team for as long as we have, we know that they had some really good prospects coming along, right? That's all well and good, but never would I have thought the Coyotes would have received two superstars in this league in the same year, and it's happened. And oh my God, everyone, like, oh my God. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that going on in this episode. But uh, to get down to business, let's uh, actually look into the trade real quick. And I do want to look at it from all perspectives here. Um, so first, here is the, the trade that we all pretty much know by now. But here is the trade. The Coyotes send uh, Nick Merkley and Nate Schnarr and uh, Kevin Ball, three prospects, a conditional first round for 2020 and a conditional third round for 2021 all for Taylor Hall. And I believe they sent uh, one other prospect as well. I'm actually just going to quickly look that up here on Twitter. I was reading uh, Kevin Weeks's uh, tweet on that, but I want to go to, let's see, Elliot Friedman would be definitely a good, uh, a good resource for that. Um, geez. He doesn't even even have uh, who they listed, I guess. Okay, well, anyway, uh, he does have the conditions on the picks. So, if Hall re-signs or the Coyotes went around, the no, here are the conditions on the one pick. Stands as a third. Uh, okay, well, that something's about that's not making any sense. Anyway, um, I believe both picks are lottery protect protected for sure. Uh, I believe the first rounder that we're giving up is um, condition is as a lottery protected again, and I think it's a protected for like a top three pick. And I think it then moves to the next year's. Um, but anyway, so let's start with the Coyotes' perspective on this, on who they gave up. So Nick Merkley was a first round draft pick uh, in the same year where, you know, McDavid and Eichel went first. He was, I believe, at that point, it would have been like 30th overall. Um, and yeah, 
he's he was an interesting guy to think about. He had he, he kind of has this like bulldog player mentality. He's a smaller guy, but he he plays a heavy game and he does have some skill. Unfortunately, the biggest issue that he's had in his career has been injuries. He's just never really had a chance to develop at an AHL NHL level yet. So there definitely is some upside there that New Jersey is getting with with the skill and with that bulldog mentality that he plays with, but it's it's hard to say if he ever actually gets there. Now he might be like a fourth line guy for them at some point. I don't know. Um he's easily the biggest question mark in this trade. Um, we'll go uh, Nate Schnarr. Um, he's looking pretty good. I don't know what his stats are this year for. I, th- I believe he's playing for the Roadrunner, Roadrunners this year. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I know he had a pretty good year last year. In, I, think he was, I think he was in the juniors last year, and he had a pretty decent year. Um, he, to me, is also... He's, he, he's more... I think he's more probable to make the NHL than Merkley is at this point. But... He's still a maybe. Like, will he become an impact player or will he be a third, fourth line guy? Kind of tough to tell. The easily the biggest one there is Kevin Ball for sure. He's, uh, I believe, he's like six six. He's just this massive defenseman who's got some decent skating ability, and I, I know he's been working on his offensive ability as well. He he can probably be like a second or a third line. Uh, defender. Now, noticed how I was saying that all of those prospects are your last two lines or your last two pairings. Coyotes did not give up a premier asset for Taylor Hall. Kevin Ball possibly is a premier asset, but they didn't give up Soderstrom. They didn't give up Hayton. They didn't even have to give up Prosvitov or Aiden Hill, which that's what shocks me the most about this, is that they didn't have to give up either of those goalies. I, How did Shiro accept this? <laughs> I mean, like, no offense to him. I know he's he's a great GM, but I don't know how... I don't know how he accepted this. Like, I figured knowing... Knowing New Jersey's goaltending situation, I figured he would have ba- essentially forced Cheka to include Prosvitov or Hill in this trade. Um, and Cheka, I'm sure he just kind of said, no, you, you can't have either of them. Like, we need them for our development and for when, you know, Kemper and Ranta are you know, kind of on their way out. Um, so, yeah. Cheka's a goddamn wizard with this. Uh, I still don't... I mean, jeez. Oh, wow. I'm still overwhelmed by this news. It's uh, it, it's it's really quite amazing to think about. Um, uh, so I talked about uh, kind of what the what the Devils are getting. And and to be fair, they, they are getting some... You know, I think they're getting a conditional first and a conditional third. So they are getting some, you know, pretty decent, you know, draft picks. Um, ideally, the Coyotes' first round pick this coming year will be a later round. Uh, and, and maybe Cheka can try to maybe get two second rounders for next year to make up for that. Or 
maybe find a way to trade back into the first round. I don't know. Cheka is going to do something. I, I, it, it'd be interesting to see if he, if he, if he leaves his team out of the first round in the draft next year because of this. Um, I mean, even in the Stepan and Ronta trade, he still got a first rounder back from New York. So I, I don't think Cheka has actually traded away a first round pick yet and not gotten and not like retained a drafting spot in the first round. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. Um, so the Devils did get two good, decent draft picks. And, and don't get me wrong, they're the, the prospects that they got in return, they all can turn out to be pretty decent. I mean, I, I like I said, the ceilings on the forwards are probably third line, and ball ceiling is probably second pairing, which is nothing to sneeze at at all. Especially for a team that's rebuilding, like uh, New Jersey. Well, not they're not really rebuilding. They just they've had a really awful year. And I think, and uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I've only really seen two games, but I I think a lot of it's got to do with def uh, not defense, uh, goaltending and lack of depth. And that's kind of what they're getting almost out of this. They're these are three depth guys that. You know, easily could be call-ups within the next year or two. They could be staples in the bottom half of their lineup in another year or two. So they're getting some depth there, and I think that is going to help out New Jersey. Um, I, I think this trade definitely leans more towards the Coyotes. I'm trying to not be super biased about it, but, you know, how, how can you how can you look at this trade and go, wow, the Devils won this trade? Like... The only reason I could think of the Devils like winning this trade is that all three end up playing on this on the team, and Hall doesn't re-sign with the Coyotes, and and, and I want to say both have to occur for the Devils to win because Hall. I mean, we we I think going into this trade, we all knew Hall did have a chance to not re-sign with the team he got traded to, and I think that's just more based on how his agent likes to um, structure his players and wants them to go to free agency to get the best offer available. So we definitely knew that was a possibility. And I think that's why the cost was as low as it was. If, excuse me, if, um, if, if Hall was like guaranteed to sign right away, or maybe he did just sign in, in New Jersey and now he's got, a six, seven year deal at a, you know, fairly reasonable number. Maybe the price goes up at that point, but you know, I think uh, it's, it's so interesting. Like I, I, I'm still trying to think of why the devils couldn't get a goalie out of this. I mean, we, the coyotes have a lot of goalies in their pipeline and I, and I knew going into this, that Ronta and Kemper were probably not going to go anywhere. Um, I know Chaka is not going to be that silly to, to trade away our tandem like that. But it, it's it's perplexing. Perplexing is a good word for this. It's perplexing that New Jersey could not get at one of our goalies. And maybe not even like Hill or Prosvitov. Maybe uh, one of our guys in uh, ECHL. Um, is it uh, Merrick? Matt's, Matt's, I, the, don't quote me on that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um that, that butchery of the name is just awful. But um, anyway, uh, it, we have 
goalies that we could have potentially traded and I mean maybe they maybe Shiro just wasn't interested in any of the other goalies outside of like Ronta maybe he maybe he didn't want um Prosvitov or Hill which is kind of shocking and to be fair I don't know what uh, New Jersey has in uh, their pipeline as far as goalies go but it's just it's just interesting that they did not get a goalie out of it and Again, Cheka is an absolute wizard, and if this team makes a run in the playoffs, like I don't know how you don't give Cheka GM of the year. I mean, he goes out and gets Phil Kessel, and granted, he's not been producing like we wanted and we thought he could, um, but he's he's still been good. But he gets Kessel, he gets Soderberg, which is probably one of the most underrated acquisitions of the offseason in general. He has been such a stabilizing force down the middle, and he's gotten some goals and some pretty important goals too. So, I mean, with those two acquisitions, and then he gets Taylor Hall. Like, if there's any year that Cheka could win GM of the Year, it it, it, it ought to be this one, honestly. Um, I just... I'm just my mind is blown Uh, and I just got home from work so I'm like already tired but like I have a mind that's blown and a mind that's tired and I am like woo anyway so that's it Taylor Hall he's an Arizona Coyote gonna wear number 91 this is a little tainted number thank you Kyle Turris you jackass um (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think he's going to play on Tuesday in San Jose. If not, then uh, definitely Thursday against Minnesota at home. And I am for sure going to be there um, seeing Star Wars right after that, of course, because why not? Anyway, um, so I hope we pack that house on Thursday because, I mean, we got, I mean, Jake is doing things to make this team good. And... You know, granted, the Coyotes haven't been playing amazing at home this year, but Cheka and the team are doing what they can to give ourselves a chance at a long run to the Cup. And maybe we're still not a Cup contender this year, but this team is playoff bound, and we need to step up and support them as much as I as we can. Granted, I live in the East Valley, so it's hard for me to get out to games, and the only reason, one of the biggest reasons I'm going to the game on Thursday is because I had the day off the next day, so that <laughs> definitely helps. But it's time that, you know, Arizona in general just starts backing this team. The The media coverage of this team has been absolutely shit. Um, you know, it, they, would rather, they would rather talk about a Cardinals team. Now, granted, I think the Cardinals won this week, but that neither here nor there. They'd rather talk about a Cardinals team that's going to not make the playoffs again. They would rather talk about the Suns, who have been decent this year from what I hear. Fair enough. Fine. They would even rather talk about the Diamondbacks. And there's some good reason there. I I can't fault them for that, especially with their acquisition of uh, Madison Bumgarner yesterday. But how are you not talking about the Coyotes more? We are in first place. We have just acquired Taylor Hall. We acquired Phil Kessel on the offseason. 
We're playing exciting hockey. Yeah, screw you, Edmonton guy. We're playing exciting hockey. We're not boring, you dumbass. Ooh, I'm getting heated here. But it's important that, like, we do, this team deserves coverage. They're they're not just they're, they're not just exciting to watch, but they're winning hockey games. They're in first place for God's sake, and it's like almost 2020. This team deserves so much credit here that they are not receiving, and it's absolutely infuriating as a fan to see that. So, you know, maybe this Taylor Hall acquisition kind of awakens that in the media here. I sure hope it does. I mean, we they deserve it, and you know, maybe this acquisition also brings more fans out. I, I mean, we all know Taylor Hall's been a coyote killer for years now. It seems like every time he plays against us, he gets a point or or three or four or five. Which, you know, a little bit crazy there, but uh, we know that Taylor Hall is a point producer, and we know that he brings an element of excitement to any game that he's in. So it's 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 time for the Coyotes to like take over the rest of the season here in Arizona. We deserve it. We absolutely deserve it. Anyway, stepping off the soapbox, going to get into uh, what I usually do in the first part of my episode is uh, talk about some news, or I guess there's not really much news to talk about other than uh, you know Pete DeBoer was fired, um, kind of shocked. He couldn't fix the goaltending, and that's not really on him, and that's probably the biggest issue with San Jose. Uh, I believe, uh, what was it, Jim Montgomery was fired for, what do they say, conduct not conducive to the organization. I don't know. They put it in some kind of fancy terms, but we still don't really know what happened with Jim Montgomery. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we ever find out what comes out on that. Um, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of much other news that's been happening. So uh, let's get into the standings now. So in the Western Conference in the Pacific Division, we got the Coyotes in first place, yelling for the Arizona media. Coyotes are in first place with 42 points. Yeah, buddy. But having said that, right behind them is the Vegas Golden Knights at uh, 41 points. And the Oilers are in third place at 40 points. So clearly the Pacific is it's as tight as can be right now. I mean, these, I think them and Calgary, who's in second place in the wild card with 40 points, those four teams are going to flip flop. I think the rest of the year at this point. Um, so the, you can get into this later, but the Coyotes really need to start stringing some wins together and getting some separation here. Cause they're in a very good spot to just keep their lead. And that's what, that's what I would like to see the rest of the year. It's not really my expectation, uh, my expectation is still the same from the beginning of the year was to be a playoff team. So I don't really want to stray from that, but I would love to start seeing them put some consecutive wins together and getting some separation there or just keeping your lead at first anyway. So going into the Central Division, we got uh, the Blues are at 46 points in first. We got the Avalanche in second place at 45 points, and we have the Jets in third place at 42 points. Uh, I'm sure St. Louis is doing their thing like they always do. Um, Colorado, I think, got both Landeskog and Rontanen back. I don't know. Is it Rontanen? Rantanen? 
I think Rantan might sound right, but it's you know it's Auntie Ranta, so who knows? Um, but yeah, those two guys came back, and obviously that's a pretty big deal for the Avalanche. They needed those two players without a doubt. And I'm looking at the NHL app right now, and they have a plus 31 goal differential. Oh my goodness. That is tops in the league, and we have uh, Boston and Washington actually pretty close to them, which is kind of not surprising with how good those two teams are, but a plus 31 goal differential is just insane. (laughs) Anyway... Um, for the wild card, like I mentioned, Calgary is in second place at 40 points, and we have uh, the Stars in first place at 42 points. Their their season has been as interesting as can be at this point, and I don't still think the Coyotes have not played them yet. But um, it seems like they've they just like they win 10, or they 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 lose 10, they win 10, they lose 10, and it's just it's been wonky and. But they're in the wild card. They'd make a play. They'd make the playoffs right now, and you know, good for them. And I don't know what they've looked like since they've uh, let Jim Montgomery go. So maybe that was a good thing for them. But uh, yeah, maybe if they can find some consistency, then maybe they can push their way into the central to, into top three in the central. Let's get into the Eastern Conference here. So we have Boston in first place at 48 points. Just going the hell off. Uh, Buffalo's in second place at 39 points. And Montreal is in uh, third place at 36 points. Did I say Buffalo's in third place? I might have. Buffalo's in second place. And Montreal's in third place. Uh, Yeah, Boston keeps on rolling. What more to say about them? Uh, Buffalo, I know Eichel is scoring off the charts and honestly good for him he's not been as good as you know you probably wanted if you were buffalo and of course he was never going to be as good as mcdavid not many players will ever be and that is what it is but because of where he was drafted on the year he was drafted eichel will forever be compared to mcdavid and it, it, it it's good to see that he's actually like not rising up to that necessarily, but he's kind of coming into his own and he's just, he's being a difference maker out there and that's huge. Okay, for the Metropolitan Division, we got Washington in first place at 53 points. Islanders are in second place at 46 points and the Carolina Hurricanes are in third place at 42 points. Yeah, Washington is just unstoppable right now. I, I think I heard that they've only lost maybe like two or three games on the road this year like my goodness and i thought the yotes were a good road team but that's taking it to a whole other level and the islanders and uh hurricanes are still doing their thing they're both uh defending well uh pretty pretty sizable goal differential plus 20 for the islanders plus 21 for the hurricanes um so they're just rolling right along and the wild card for the east we got pittsburgh and the first wild card spot at 42 points and we have Philly in the second wild card spot at 39 points. Now the Coyotes just played both of these teams. And yeah, Philly looks pretty good. Um you know, if they can start stringing some wins together here, which I believe they can. They they have the talent and the goaltending is there. Um 
yeah, that that could be a dangerous team come playoff time, assuming they make it at this point. Um, that could definitely be a dangerous team. And then Pittsburgh, honestly, it's amazing that they are where they're at. I think I said this probably last podcast, but I know they've been down Crosby the whole year, basically. I know they have other injuries going on as well, and it's it's just amazing that they're in a playoff spot with all of those injuries. So good on them. Let's uh, get into some stats here. We got a um, course, again, Connor McDavid in, at 57 points leading the NHL, and we have Leon Dreisaitl right behind him at 56. I uh, got two players tied apparently at 50 points. We got, oh, well, Nathan McKinnon and Brad Marchand at 50 points, tied for third in the league. Just unbelievable what those guys are doing. I mean, 57 points, not even halfway through the season. It's it's incredible. Uh, for goals, we got David Pasternak at 28. Yeah, I said that a little weird. I was just listening to Spit and Chicklets before this, and they were talking in heavy Boston accents. So David Pasternak, Katahat. Okay, anyway, uh, we have Jack Eichel in second at 23 goals, which that's definitely the first time I've said his name in the top three for goals uh, and since I've been doing my podcast. So, yeah, he's been scoring off the charts, so good for him. And then we have Ovechkin to round out the top three at 21 goals. For assists, we have Connor McDavid at 37 and Leon Dreisaitl at 36 for your top two. Go figure. And we have John Carlson at 33 points to round out the top three. So that's your wrap-up uh, for the NHL right here. Um, I, I guess I'll get into some uh, additional Coyotes talk now. Um, so, yeah, I guess, well, since I last recorded, they went on their uh, East Coast road trip, basically, and then had a three-game homestand. Um so for that um, road trip, that was actually a pretty good road trip. I mean, let's let's be honest here. They got um, six out of the possible eight points, which is pretty, honestly, pretty great. Um, to be fair, they didn't necessarily play the best in Philadelphia, but they, they found a way to win, and that's what was so important. And it's kind of crazy because, like, the night after in Pittsburgh, they – that was one of the better games I think I've seen them play all year. And for them to not get rewarded like that, that was hard to watch. That was frustrating. They, they really played a solid game. They got on their four check that they are so good at doing. And then they've kind of, they kind of gotten away from uh, lately, but yeah, that was a really good game. Uh, and then uh, the Chicago game was just all sorts. Of, that was, it was a circus basically that that game was just a circus and of course it ends in the biggest nhl circus act the shootout hate the shootout but it's a it's been a savior of the coyotes this year so uh, it's it's gotten them a couple points so i can't hate it a ton but still would love to see it out of the game anyway that's an off-season discussion spoiler alert uh-huh um but anyway Getting into this homestand, that's where that's where my concerns start to come up for the Coyotes. They come back from the road trip and uh, play a Tuesday game against Calgary, who I'm pretty sure played that Monday. I don't know where. Maybe it was Vegas or Southern California. I don't know. But Calgary played somewhere on Monday. 
and they were on a back-to-back, and we just flat-out laid an egg. I mean, we got two goals somehow. I don't know how, but somehow. I literally didn't even watch the third period of this game. I was personally just too tired, and I could not watch them play, like, that was it. That was probably their worst game of the year. You could maybe excuse the the effort they had against Montreal early on, coming back from their their long East Coast road trip. But I I can't that that can't be an excuse anymore. Going further, you're gonna have more road trips, and you're gonna come back from them and have a home game after them the rest of the year. It's just gonna be a thing that's going to keep happening. They have to find a way to start showing up in those games. Even if you lose a game 3-2 to two in that situation, you just have to find a way to show up. I mean, they, they weren't even playing it. I mean, you could use the argument that had Grabner scored on that move early on in the first period, that maybe the game is different. Who knows? But all you can report on is what happened. And they just... They laid an egg, and it was really hard to watch. The good news, though, is that they came back Thursday night against Chicago and just pummeled them. Um, they looked they looked pissed at their effort. They looked like they were embarrassed about their effort on Tuesday night, and they came out and just beat the living hell out of Chicago. And, and that's what they should do. Against teams that they can beat, like Chicago, Columbus, just looking at their schedule now, you know, the Devils, which we'll get to soon, they should be beating these teams, whether it's a 3-1 to one game or a 5-2 to game, whatever. They should be showing that they're the better team in those games, and that's what they did in the Chicago game. But that's where the praise ends <laughs> for this um, because then they play against New Jersey on Saturday, and it was one annoying hockey game to watch. I didn't think... The Coyotes were necessarily bad in it, but you just you can't have defensive lapses like they did in this one. Like I don't blame Kemper for any of the goals that were scored. Um, it's just poor defensive coverage, and I think that's kind of been a theme this year in general, which is really unfortunate because they've consistently for the last couple of years or at least last year, you know, maybe the year before possibly, they've been one of the better defensive teams in the league. And it's like they've just, again, it feels like they've lost a little bit of that identity. And I really hope that, you know, maybe with some more off time for the rest of this month, uh, with some more practice time, they're going to get Jalmerson and Demers back probably, I don't know, mid to late January at this point. Um. I wouldn't expect them to make an impact like right away, but I'm thinking that if they don't get this stingy defense that they've had in the past, if they don't get that back by February, it it's going to be interesting. And then two, you know, with Taylor Hall now on the team, how does that change when their defense is not that great in a game? Does Taylor Hall come in and have the ability to, you know, tie a game up when it's two to one can can he be that goal that puts them over the edge in a two to one game or or in a two two three three tied game can he provide that can he help Kessel or Keller or Schmaltz provide that I don't know 
I don't know where he's going to play yet, but it's going to be interesting to see what he actually adds to this team. And I know he's going to add tons of speed and tons of offensive ability. So, it, But it's just going to be interesting to see if if he adds that X factor that the Coyotes need when their defense is not quite there. But if they can get that defense back, yeah, <laughs> watch out for this team. They're going to be very, very difficult to beat. So going forward for them, just got to integrate Taylor Hall as best as you can. Um, he's going to do his thing. He just he will do his thing. He'll play with, I'm sure, Kessel or Keller, maybe both. I'm sure Tockett will experiment with that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see what they do forward. And I, I, I really, ultimately, I really hope they get their their defensive, uh, their their defensive, jeez, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, wow, I am... Uh, totally blanking on this word but i just hope they get that structure back and i hope they get that identity identity was the word i hope they get the, oh boy i need to go to bed uh they need to get their defensive uh identity back and if they can do that i think the goal scoring will take care of itself especially now that you've added taylor hall get that defensive identity back and you're gonna be okay are we a stanley cup contender now jury is still out but Taylor Hall is going to be a difference maker for this team's scoring. So, wow. Taylor Hall is an Arizona Coyote, everyone. Taylor Hall is an Arizona Coyote. Just let that sink in. 